Over 30 years of serving the Arizona homeowner. 13 years in a row ranking Arizona's best referral network. RosieOnTheHouse.com Protecting you, informing you, and educating you. It's Rosie on the House. Good morning, Arizona. Woo, what a beautiful morning. Almost May. And we've got 60 degree mornings on the desert floor. Delightful. Oh, man, what a nice spring. What a gorgeous spring. I can remember a lot of 100 degree March and April days. And boy, we've yet to see it this spring. And I'm just soaking it up. So we're Rosie on the house. We've been on air for 34 years, and we come every Saturday morning for primarily the most important reason is to answer any question you have about your Arizona house, home, castle, or cabin. And you join the conversation by dialing us at one 767 4348 And I'm going to ask a personal favor. Many of you have caught on to the fact that uh, we have a job all week long. And we answer our phones all week long, and you wait and call during the weekday. If you call with your question during the weekday, there's a chance you could wait two, three, four days or more to get a return call because we're just that busy. If you've got a question, you'll get your answer real time right now by calling the show at one 767 I would consider it a personal favor if you would ask your questions during the show, because we are hammered busy all during the week. But we're here for you, the Arizona homeowner. Anything having to do with your house, home, castle, or cabin, whether it's the foundations, the stem walls, the concrete slab, the crawl spaces, the cabinets, the floor covering, the drywall, the painting, the electrical, the air conditioning, the plumbing, the roofing, whatever it might be, we've been building and remodeling Arizona homes since 1972 and chances are we can give you a tip or a trick of the trade that can help you in whatever you're trying to get done. Give us a ring at one 767 We're going to be talking about the hazards uh, of buying flipped homes. That's primarily what we'll be talking about this hour, but I do want to take a couple minutes before we dive in and recap last hour. Pretty couple pretty critical things and jennifer reminded us that we missed giving away a pretty significant little gift and we want to give that away as well so we've got a couple things here so arbor day was what we were talking about part of the hour and i mentioned that on arborday.org you can sign up as a mem- as a member and there's a donation uh, minimum i think ten dollars and then you can choose how you want that money to go you can order 10 free trees and or you could have ten donated to the forest or ten donated to the rainforest, and um, so. But I when I I went ahead and ordered ten for us to see okay. how see how it worked. Right. <clears throat> but it's only good to May third that one because they they oh. have to ship them before it gets too hot. So if you're interested in that, go ahead and try it out. Just a couple and we'll all days compare here. notes. Yeah. Okay. The other thing is we have three beautiful forever roses to give away today for Mother's Day, um, and so these are real roses that they dip. In 14 karat gold. They are forever a rose. They're gorgeous. Amanda and I have both have a nice little collection. They are gorgeous. And um, so anyway, the first one we're going to give away uh, from the 8 o'clock hour, if you can answer the question, how many 
um, trees were planted on the first Arbor Day. In 1872. If you can tell us how many. And Romy, we're going to do that by text. Sure. 411-923. How many trees were planted? And we'll pick a random right winner. And stay tuned during the 9 o'clock hour. We'll ask at the end of the hour another question about the content during the broadcast. And we're going to do it again at the 10 o'clock hour. We have a rose per hour, and we just missed that in the 8 o'clock hour. And we were distracted by a very interesting interview. It was packed. It was a packed uh, hour. With Eric Berg on the history of Arizona wine. And uh, Jennifer just checked out because the lines are all full. So she's going to screen the calls and get them plugged into the broadcast here momentarily. As we're doing that, uh, our topic of the hour, our 9 o'clock hour, our on-the-house hour, we spend talking about something particular on your home, castle, or cabin. And our topic for today, uh, tying into our, our remodeling topic of the month, is... The pros and cons of flipped homes. Buying a flipped home. And uh, we we saw it, and we've seen it for about the last 10 years. Um, uh, and I don't know. It, 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 we, we, we may be able to blame the whole thing on Richard Kiyosaki, rich dad, poor dad, by talking about buying real estate uh, and making your fortune on that as opposed to buying depreciable assets. I, I bought rich dad, poor dad for each one of my six children when they graduated. I think when y'all graduate eighth grade, so we can learn how to build a budget uh, for you to live on all during through your high school years. Uh, but it, it, it was a trend as uh, that really, really became huge uh, following the housing bubble of 08, 9, 10, and 11, where you were buying homes at 50% below the value they had been. And my rule of thumb is anytime you can put 20% down cash on a house and finance the mortgage on a typical 30-year mortgage and create a positive cash flow renting the home, you've reached the bottom of your housing market. And we were there for several years in a row. You could get an 80% loan-to-value 30-year mortgage close escrow, put a for rent sign in the front yard, and from day one, be in a positive cash flow position. Well, thousands and tens of thousands of homes were purchased by, by investors who saw the exact same thing. Many of those homes now have more than doubled in prices just in the past decade. And many people were taking the homes and putting a coat of lipstick on it. They'd put some new carpet. They'd paint it. And then they would just flip it. They wouldn't even try and hold on to it to uh, make a positive cash flow. Or that maybe they'd rent it for a year or two, let the market come back, make a good 10, 15, 20, or 25% return on their investment and, and call it good. But the hazard of that is there were many, many, many people flipping homes that were doing work that should have required a licensed contractor, and should have required or did require by law a building permit. And many of those homes, many of those quick-flipping investors ignored that requirement and uh, did electrical modifications or air conditioning or hot water heater modifications, structural modifications, never pulled a building permit, 
and didn't use licensed contractors to get the work done. Those are the homes you have to be especially careful of purchasing because you really don't know what you're getting. And in my remodeling company, we've actually had to take flipped homes, literally dismantle them back to near original condition, let the city inspectors come look and see what we're dealing with, and then put the house back together. A huge expensive surprise for anybody that's ended up buying that home. So there are tricks to tell whether or not your flipped home is a safe home to buy or not. And I'm going to go through those tips through the course of this next hour. But we do have a full load of callers. Romy, why don't we see if we can't take the first caller? Let's bring Bill in from Chandler. Hey. Hey, man. Hey, guys. Uh, Appreciate all your uh, good work. They got a 20-year-old house out here in Chandler, a real nice neighborhood. It's got the fiber expansion joint between the foundation and the and the uh, uh, driveway and the patio and so on. Well, that's degrading and pulling out. Uh, what what's a good replacement for that? Because you're not going to push a fiber thing back in there. <laughs> You know, of all the things I've seen, um, there's a fairly newer product within the last five years out of League City, Texas, that you can get at Do It Best hardware stores. Uh, we've got a couple throughout Arizona. I know Wickenburg still has a Do It Best. Um, I think, is there one on Scottsdale Road by the South only, of where Rawhide used uh, to be? No. Or is that gone now? That feed store. Uh, the only other Do It Best I know is in uh, Springerville. Springerville. <laughs> Take a weekend vacation to the White Mountains. But Ace can carry it as well. Um, but it's called Trim a Slab. And it's a product just designed to be pushed right into that expansion joint. It's a rubber-based product, and it's got a couple, um, you know, it looks like a T, but also has a couple wings. So as you push it in, you know. It locks it, in. Yeah. It, it's designed to lock itself into the slab, and it'll last a lot longer than, than the fiberglass will. So trim a slab. You can go to their website. It's trim-a-slab.com, and then find your local uh, retailers there, or even uh, try and – I don't. it looks like you can shop right on their site. This computer is loading a little slow. Yeah, you can order it right off their website as well. So There you go, Bill. We appreciate the call. Thanks for the question. I don't think we have time to take one more caller, but we've got Dan and Donna uh, and several others whose names haven't popped up yet that we'll get to all of you. We'll get to you right after this short break. You're listening to Rosie on the House, where it's our obligation and our goal to answer any question you might have about your house, home, castle, or cabin, if it's in the state of Arizona. Now, Jennifer and I went out to a dinner party, um, I think it was Thursday night. And we got home, and it was kind of late for old Rosie. Uh, we were sitting on the breakfast room couches. Uh, it was about 10 o'clock at night, and her cell phone rang. And it was a man calling from Massachusetts. So it's like 1 o'clock in the morning where he's calling from. And he's calling Jennifer's personal cell phone, and he's asking me questions on how to ventilate a crawl space. <laughs> 
And it took me about five minutes to figure out. I said, well, you're kind of up late. Uh, where are you calling from? He said, oh, I'm calling from Massachusetts. <laughs> so uh, we can handle a question or two like that every once in a while. But it was ironic that it came in on Jennifer's personal cell phone. How in the world did he get that? I yeah. don't know. It was, it was hilarious. So we talked for about 15 minutes. I said, buddy, look, here's a couple remodelers I know in Massachusetts. Why don't you give them a call? And they can give you a more regionally correct answer. We deal with the Arizona home and Arizona homeowner. Jennifer, you were on the phone. But I was telling the listeners about that 10 o'clock phone call from Massachusetts. And then just yesterday, you took another call. Where was that woman calling from? Uh, Missouri. Yeah. And what, what, what was she wanting? Well, she, had, she was uh, Googling flooring, and one of our articles came up. So. Oh, no, she was calling from Jacksonville, Florida. How hilarious is that? And our name came up for power washing a home oh. in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> All right. Well, we're just doing our job. We're primarily trying to stay focused on Arizona homes, but we help every way we can. We've got a man out in Whitman that would like to talk uh, Arizona homeowner question, and it's Dan. Good morning, Dan. Hey, good morning, guys. I'd like to say uh, thank you for everything you do as far as uh, providing uh, honest uh, contractors for us out there. Well, thank um, you. There's so many dishonest people, and I always find great people on rosyonthehouse.com. Well, thank you for that. We we try really hard. We had we had a big group meeting with them all this week with the registrar contractors, and it was a great event. Habitat for Humanity was there, and uh, they are. There isn't anybody in our network you you just wouldn't want to have a cold glass of mint tea with and sit down and visit. How's your, what's your question today, Dan? So I am actually uh, in the beginning stages. I'm doing an owner-builder house in Whitman. Oh, boy. And the wife's been online looking at color choices. Take, except whatever she, she picked, whatever. Uh, Dan, well, okay, you already, you've already answered yeah. your own question. <laughs> if, if your wife's there and she's picked something, just say yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I've done this before, so I know there's, there's lots of arguments typically that go on when you deal with these things. All right. But my question is, is she, she found a black concrete tile that she wants to put on the roof. I am doing a spray foam insulation. So what's your thoughts on that? Okay. Um, I think the fact your wife picked it, you're, you're, it it's already established what's going to happen. But Rosie Romero has a predisposition to not use black in Arizona for anything. Um, if, if I could have my wishes, uh, I wish I could find the Ford Motor Company engineer that decided I can only get a Raptor with a black seat. And, and, and I'd like to park that car facing west uh, July 17th with the windows rolled up. And then I'd like to smash his face right where my behind is ready to go. I am not a fan of black on anything in Arizona, you're asking it to live approximately 20 to 30 degrees hotter than any other product of a beige, neutral, or light color. And why would you ask something to live hotter than it's already going to be in its natural state? 
architecturally, I get it. Black window frames are the most popular window frame going in right now. It's very trendy right now for the black and the white. I get all that. But you called the show. You wanted my opinion. And I wouldn't put black on anything that I wasn't mad at. And, Dan, uh, one, one more thing to think about. I don't about. even wear black clothes. Your color fade of that black is That's going it. to happen a lot faster than anything else. And at the point, you know, a, a concrete tile roof, generally speaking, you end up replacing some of the tiles before you need to replace the entire roof. Well, if you go with the black... You know, get another 5% extra tiles. Absolutely. Find some place to leave them out so that you're color fading the same way as your tile roof is so that when you go to replace a broken tile from, you know, whatever the case may be, you've got something that matches it. Because if you go get a new black tile from the roofing supply and go stick it up there, I mean, it's going to stand out like a sore thumb. And I would like to address his insulation. He talked about he was going to foam insulate, which is on the bottom of the roof deck. So it's cathedral insulation. Which is good. You're dead on there, uh, Dan. That is that is the right way to do it. So if you're going to go with a black roof, that's exactly the way to do it. Uh, I might spend the money to put another inch or inch and a half of whatever you were planning uh, up there. Uh, and I would I would make sure whoever's the roofing contractor, uh, talk to them hard about what underlayment, what are you going to put under that black tile? Because it's going to have to be able to sustain 160 to 180 degree temperatures for extended periods of time. And then in the monsoon season, when the rain hits that black tile, takes it back down to 85, 90, 95 degrees, whatever's on the underlayment is going to also have to have that ability to thermally expand and contract and last a good 30 or 40 years. Thanks for the call. We've got Dan, Donna, Doris, and Steve. We'll get to you all your calls right after this short break. Y'all hang on. to that level in my viewing pleasure but i do remember it uh we're talking we're talking about are you going to mention what it is for everyone else that has no idea what that was from that was that was pre-romy that was a sunday night show on nbc it was about a boy and his dolphin it was a dolphin named flipper it's kind of like a lassie show with a dolphin yeah he was always the hero solving problems rescuing people was awesome it was like Super Dolphin. And it wasn't a cartoon. <laughs> That's right. It was not animated. Um, we're talking about flipping a little bit. And I do see Donna. I do see Doris. And I do see Steve. And we're going to get to you right away. 
but let me just take two points on flipping homes because those of you that are out there in the buying mode could very easily be looking at a flipped home. And I know right now you have a sense of urgency in your buy, and you may have already made three, four, or five offers, and you're constantly being outbid, or you're being uh, beat by someone that says, I don't want a home inspection. I'll buy it as is. I'll buy it sight unseen. I'll buy it for cash. And in a buyer, a seller's perspective, if you get several offers over your asking price that all say, I don't care about inspection, I don't care about current condition, I don't care about ever even walking through the house and I will pay you cash and we'll close escrow in a week or less. It's hard for a legitimate family uh, to buy and, and muscle your way into that deal and get the house. But if you do, I can tell you I would not buy a home without having a building inspector take a look at it. We've got several on our Rosie on the House site that I know you can trust, how thorough they are. Uh, and I would, I would particularly ask them, spot if you think this is a flipped home. And they'll know within five minutes of walking on the property. And the things, if they say yes, if you get it confirmed, this home has been flipped. Either, either the owner that's selling it now or some prior owner flipped this home. There are a lot of very telling um, indications that tell us that. You can search that address in the building department that's in charge of that area, whether it's the county or the city. Go check and see was a permit pulled. And if a permit was pulled, see whose name is on the permit. And it's okay to do it as an owner-builder. There are certain limitations on how fast, if you owner-builder it, how fast you can sell it. And a lot of those were, a lot of those requirements were violated. But if a licensed contractor's name is on the permit, that's that's a good sign. That's a real good sign. Okay. So we verify a permit was pulled and we verify whose name pulled it and we verify it was indeed a licensed contractor. If it was an owner builder and that owner is the one currently occupying the house, ask them for a list of the subcontractors that completed the work on the house and see if in fact they were using licensed contractors or where they're using Uncle Ned. Couple tips on buying real estate right now. Flipping homes. Proceed with extreme caution. All right, next on the line at one 767 4348 That's one rosie for you As Donna, another roofing question. Welcome to the program. How may we help you? Well, good morning, and I want to thank you for not only giving me the information that I need to complete products, projects, but also the confidence. I'm 66 years old and started doing all my own stuff pretty much 17 years ago. Anyhow, my question is, I'm going to put a new sealant on my flat roof. Um, The first year I bought a Home Depot product, I mean, the first time I did it, it only lasted two years, but I only put one coat on it. Uh, Second time I put two coats on it, and that was five years ago or four and a half years ago, and it's lasted, but it's ready for another coat. What is the best coating? Is it silicone or elastomeric? And is the temperature okay to do it now? And can I put it through my Graco Magnum paint sprayer? 
So uh, she is. Yeah, this is a uh, do-it-yourselfer right here. <laughs> My hat's off to Miss Donna. I, I don't know of a roofing coating that goes through a paint sprayer at this time. I mean, there could be one, but I'm not familiar with them. The ones, you know, it's still an old-fashioned rollout. And even if you did spray it, I mean, even we tell people that are painting with a sprayer, you still have to back roll. And I would definitely say that's the, the case in the roofing application as well because you want 100% four, coverage. So I Four mils, the thickness of a credit card at least. Yeah, and I, that's hard to get through a sprayer. Yeah, uh, a, a homeowner sprayer. There, there are the foam roofing trucks that have special spray rigs for that. But to get four mils thick, uh, I don't think your Graco sprayer is going to do it. Now, she asks... Uh, synthetic or elastomeric. That is the one place we will say elastomeric should be used. On top of foam roof. Yes. And that's a, a coating. And you can get, um, you know, what as for what brand, you know, I would just go to a roofing supplier, you know, like ABC Roofing or Roofing Wholesale, and get, you know, whatever product they're most commonly selling to roofers. I, and I would tell Donna, call... A Rosie on the house foam roof specialist, and just say, "Hey, I'm gonna do it myself. Can I buy whatever you use?" That's what I do. And Donna, um, it it it's more than just getting up there and sweeping the roof. I mean, when we pay a contractor to get up there and recoat a foam roof, uh, they're they're power washing that roof uh, very carefully, and of course, allowing it to completely dry, and and. Um, I mean, it's, it's tedious work, but you've tackled it a couple times, and uh, I, I see from the area code, you're kind of probably on my side of town. Uh, if, if you get into this and, and you want just a couple additional tips of what to watch for, what to look for, and how old is the foam that's underneath these layers that you've already put on? How old's the foam? I've only lived here 10 years. Um... I, I don't know. I, I, so I don't know. Okay. Um, it looks like it's okay. I mean, there's not a lot of cracking like, or anything like that. Okay. But. All right. Um, call, call our roofers and, and uh, talk to them about tackling it yourself. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you, call, call Durafoam Roofing and uh, talk to Dave and let him know I, I suggested you do this, and he'll he'll give you a couple tips. It's it's not an easy job. Sounds like you're up to the task. Uh, again, my hats off to Miss Donna for tackling the do-it-yourself projects around her house for the last 17 years. Thank you for the kind words about the show. And let's see. From there, we will go to Doris again on roofing. That's been the theme of today. Welcome to the program, Doris. What are you working on? Thank you for taking my call. Um, I re-roofed my house. It was January, February of this year. And I noticed that at the entryway of my house, the tile does not completely um, line up to the rest of my my house. The entryway is lower than the rest of my house. And so I called the contractor and I explained it to him. 
And what he told me, he said that, and this sounded funny to me, I could be wrong, but it sounded funny to me, that the tile is only there to make my house look, what he said, pretty. That the underlayment is what protects my house. And I said, well, I says, I don't know about that. I said, on the other side of my house, where part of my house is lower than the rest of my house, the tile lines up completely with my other part of the house. So is what he's saying correct or not? Well, what are you saying is true? The tile concrete tile is not a waterproof uh and it is not what keeps the rain out it's it's the underlayment uh black felt looking paper that goes down on top of the roof decking and then the tiles go on top of that for your architectural finish but um so that part is true but i'm having a uh what when you say the front doesn't line up i mean are the tiles crooked is that is that what you're saying there's like about inch and a half, two inches. They they have it diagonally where it comes out to where the tile ends, and where it ends is about two inches away from the part of my house that's higher. So it sounds like it's just not all the way to the edge of the roof. I, like, I, like, I, like yeah. it might have been. There's a flashing there. There's an inch and a half exposed. So instead of taking the time to cut in the right layer, they just kind of, you know, might have been the last part of the job that they just blew through to get done and, and left. But if you could snap a picture and send that to info at rosieonthehouse.com, we'll be able to tell you if that is something that is uh, with, within, you know, building standards. And if not, uh, you know, here's what you need to go back and tell the roofer to come out and fix it correctly. And Doris, wouldn't you send that to info at rosieonthehouse.com? Put today's date on it because then we know it's a – question generated from the broadcast and we can sort we we can kind of screen that a whole lot quicker than the other hundreds of emails we get every single week and we can get back to you a little bit quicker on that so uh, i hope it was a licensed contractor so in case we do determine that it's not to industry standard we could have some recourse send us that picture if uh, i'm i'm sure uh, if you need to get up on a ladder or you need to get up higher or elevated uh lean on lean on a neighbor or family friend to get up there and get that picture to you and get it sent us over to us interesting report i saw uh, on the health industry as it relates to the do-it-yourselfer during the pandemic era romy you know which do-it-yourself tool causes more visits to the emergency room than anything else. You know, I saw something this week. Uh-huh. It was, was it a last lacerations? Well, and that's, that's the, that's the new big surprise is historically, it's always been lab- ladder falls. 
ladders, people using ladders incorrectly, send more homeowners to the hospital than any other do-it-yourself tool on the property. Ladders. Actually, a fairly dangerous tool. But that changed during the pandemic. It wasn't ladder falls. It was lacerations. Right here at Rosie on the House, we're talking about you and your house. Taking calls at one 767 4348 doing the best we can to use our experience of building and remodeling in Arizona since 1972 to go to work for you. Let's see if we can't help Steve calling from Ahwatukee. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Rosie and gang. Um, appreciate you guys taking my call. I have an interesting situation. Our house is built in 1977. Um, it is a single-story house. We have just recently had, within the last four months, an issue with a liquid coming up between the tiles, in the grout between the tiles, just inside my entranceway on the interior of the house. We had a plumbing contractor come out. They tested and said it is not a water leak from any of our incoming water lines because they could see that there was no pressure drop. So the, I will tell you the, the liquid is, has just a slightly oily feeling to it. Um, and I just don't know what it is and what we should be doing. I, it is not from any of our outside watering systems, again, since that would have shown up on the pressure check as well. Steve, can you, can you collect any of it? Is there enough of it that you can yes, collect yes. it somehow? Yeah, it bubbles up. Um, not bubbles, but it creates like a, as we call it, the living blob. Uh, so <laughs> it gets uh, up to be about a you know, one-inch circle, and it's sort of domed and a little bit yellowish. Uh, you know, I, at one time I thought maybe it's just the, um, I know with concrete, if you have liquid coming through concrete, it leaves a residue um, on your concrete, but uh, it just has that funny, wow, just slightly oily substance. Oh, I hate getting stumped live on air. But usually when I get stumped live on air, that means whoever stumped me gets a whole bunch of free services so I can find out what it is. Uh Steve, um, uh, the, the first thing I'd do is if I could collect it, um, I'd send it to a testing laboratory like Western Technologies and, and see if you could determine what it is. If we know what it is, then we may be able to determine where it's sourcing. Uh, I would encourage you, uh, as, as we did with the caller before, if you could get us a picture at info at rosyonthehouse.com, put today's date in it. Uh, if it's there, uh, a bubbling, uh, yellowish, oily, oily, uh, 
100% I'm sitting here 100% completely stumped. Uh, I could never remember having to deal with something like this before. We have had to deal with uh, water migrating through concrete slabs before and showing up on the tile floor. And it was in Paradise Valley, uh, kind of on a hill lot. And we collected it and we uh, used a pool chlorine tester to see if the water had any chlorine in it. And it didn't. So we knew that it wasn't coming from the irrigation system or from any city-supplied water supply. And we were able actually to backtrack it uphill to a spring that was coming, uh, a natural spring that was coming in the utility trench of the house and wicking and moistening its way up through the slab. So we were able to build a vapor barrier outside the foundation of the home redirect that uh but i oily substance uh you've got my full attention we'll put the full resources of roselle nows to work for you so again we can be the collector of information for roselle nows see what we can find out about what it is where it's coming from and how are we going to solve it appreciate the call we will get it resolved one way or the other we even met somebody this week hunter who works at a special laboratory is That's coming right. to mind i've got his business card i don't remember the name of the lab but um a lot of that geo- might even be geota- a, oh we got a rose to give away yep and i'm looking at it right now so during uh last year what was the number one injury people were checked into the hospital for as it relates to home improvement injuries Text that to 411-923, and we'll pick a random right winner, and we've got another Rose, Forever Rose, to give away next hour.